Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mesechtas Erevin, Perek Dalid, Mishnah Beis, and Mishnah Gimel. And we are discussing the laws of Tchum Shabbos, that a person can only go within 2,000 Amos in every direction of their place of lodging, of their residence. And we opened up in the previous Mishnah talking about someone who unintentionally left their place, their 2,000 Amos, or they were forced out of their 2,000 Amos, and the halach is that in those cases, a person can only then therefore walk within four amos of where they are. And obviously the point is, if it's unintentional and yet you're still, you're still penalized, you can only walk within four amos, then certainly if it's intentional, you can only walk within four amos. Says our Mishnah, It seemed that they were traveling and they were on a ship, and as they approached the uh, port, it got dark. And now they were concerned that if they were, if the ship would still be on 2,000 amas of the port before Shabbos began, so then the city is now not within their tchum, and therefore they're not allowed to disembark. Now, what's interesting is that the halacha dictates that if a person intends to enter a city for Shabbos, and they're within 2,000 amas of the city, so we assume that their tchum Shabbos is therefore determined by the city. Whereas normally we assume that where does the tchum start? The tchum starts only at the edge of your city. That is to say, it's not that you have 2,000 amos from your home, but you have 2,000 amos from where your city stops. And how do we determine if a city stops? So that's when houses are within se- or, or beyond 70 amos from each other. So again, here's how to think about it. If you live in a very a large city, I live in Linden, New Jersey, it's not that I have 2,000 amos from my home, it's I have 2,000 amos from where... Linden, or halachically, the city stops, and we determine the city stopping by when there's a gap of 70 amos. So really, in reality, a person can really walk way beyond 2,000 amos if they live in a populated area where there is no gap, whereas if they live somewhere, let's say, in Muncie, New York, where there are some homes that are an acre from each other that are more than 70 amos, so then your Tchum Shabbos is going to start. So, what's important here is that although normally we say your Tchum Shabbos starts, your 2,000 amos start once there's, a, there's 70 amos of no place of lodging, no homes, no residences, However, in the event that you are still traveling on Arab Shabbos and you intend to get somewhere, so so long as you're within 2,000 amos of the place you intend to get, then we, then we assume that, that your final destination is where your place of lodging is, and that is where we start counting 2,000 amos. What's happening here is that these Tanaim, they are traveling with, with Rabbi Gamaliel, which is noted, and they are not sure if they were, they were within 2,000 amos of the city when Shabbos began. And then the boat obviously arrives, arrives in the port, and they don't know. Are they allowed to disembark? Or if they disembark, they're now walking outside the Tchum, and then they're stuck to their four Amos. So what do, what do we do? So said to them, We may disembark and enter the city. Oh, excuse me, they said to him, are we allowed, are we, they said, they, the, 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 Those on the boat, his students, the people with him, the other rabbis said, Gamliel, are we allowed to disembark? He said, you're permitted to enter. Why? What's the leniency? So it's very simple. He said, because I was watching, I was standing at the, at the, at the, uh, on the ship, I was standing at the starboard, and I saw that, and as I gazed out, I saw we were within 2,000 amos of the city. And the question is, how did he see it and the others didn't? So the Gemara tells us that he had some sort of measuring instrument, some sort of long, narrow tube that, it was some, almost like a rudimentary and um, sort of binoculars. Now, they didn't have glass lenses back then, but it seemed like the, the way in which the tube was constructed, it was long and narrow, 
and it would measure the range of 2,000 amos, and one couldn't see beyond that. Again, I'm not exactly sure how it was constructed, but the Gemara tells us that he had in his possession this instrument, and he was watching the uh, he was watching the shore, and he was able to therefore tell us by looking out that they were within 2,000 amos, thus they're allowed to disembark. And obviously, if they weren't, then they would not be allowed to disembark. Okay. Comes along our Mishnah and, and Mishnah Gimel and says as follows, that although in Mishnah Aleph we said if a person leaves a Tchum, they are penalized, and they're not allowed to go walk out of their four Amos that surrounds them, there are certain areas where, there are certain halachas, excuse me, certain dispensations given that we allow someone to go beyond their 2,000 Amos, and if they do so, and when they do so, then what we do is we redetermine or we reestablish their place of residence at the new location. So, if a person has a dispensation, among those are a person who sees the new moon, so now has to go to Yerushalayim to testify, so they can they can be Koveya, Rosh Chodesh, decide when Rosh Chodesh is, or you have a midwife going out to, uh, to deliver a baby, people going to rescue people from being attacked, or from fires, or collapsing buildings, all those people, they're, not only are they allowed to leave the Tchum Shabbos, but we then reestablish their place of residence at the place where they, their final destination, or where the baby's being born, or the, the class building is, etc., and then they can go within 2,000 amos of this new location. Says our Mishnah, a person leaves its home with permission, as in for one of the, those reasons we just mentioned. However, before he reaches his destination, he gets, he gets word that he's no longer needed. A person's going to put, go to put out a fire, and they hear, oh, there's no need, the fire was put out without you. Someone's going to deliver a baby, and they find out the baby was delivered without her. In that case, you might have argued, well, since they left, and it turns out they weren't needed, therefore, they're now stuck, they, they didn't leave appropriately, they didn't leave, there was, there, there was no heter to leave, because again, there was no one who was actually in danger, they weren't needed, so they may now be uh, confined to four amos, the answer is no, he now, this person will now have a new Tchum Shabbos measured from where they are at the moment that they're notified that they're no longer needed. And if the person never left his original Tchum, or... Um, if the new tchum encompasses, exactly, that's actually better yet. Obviously, if he never left his original tchum, he can go, go with him for 2,000 amos. The chiddush here is that if he never, if he, if the place he's at, if the 2,000 amos from the place of his new residence encompasses also his previous tchum. So let's say he walks out of his tchum and then walks an additional 1,000 feet. So now he's 3,000 feet, 3,000 amos, excuse me, away from his home. So he's out of his tchum Shabbos. But he's in a place where he's still with, he's still if he's in a place now that he reestablishes his residence at three thousand amos away. So then it's going to it's going to also include his part of his previous tchum as in a thousand amos of his previous tchum. So we say to him that he's actually he's actually allowed to go back to his original point. As then we say that this overlap tchum now allows him to return to his original point. as if he never left. Okay. Because the Chachamim tell us that anyone who goes out on Shabbos is, um, is able to return to their place. Now, what's this referring to? This is referring to a specific case that if someone goes out, let's say they hear there's, some, there's people coming to attack Jews, so they leave carrying their weapons to go and defend the other Jews. Once they're no longer needed or they, they, they subdue whatever, whatever attack's happening, they're allowed to return and even take their weapons with them. And we're not concerned about the malacha here of transferring of Hotzah. Now this is fascinating. The reason it's fascinating is because this is actually used halacha lemaisa in a, in a very relevant uh, halachic exchange, and that is the, the, the question of can a Hatzalah member return to their house after the call? 
you, uh, certainly a, you call out cell, you call emergency services, they're allowed to leave on Shabbos, it's Pekuach Nefesh, as we know, Pekuach Nefesh overrides the prohibition of Shabbos. However, why are they allowed to return from the hospital once they, 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 they arrive at the scene and they tend to the injured or the ill? So now, no, no, now when there's no longer a case of Pekuach Nefesh, why is the Atzala member allowed to return home? So Rav Moshe Feinstein is of the opinion that the reason he's allowed to return home is because we uh, basically we don't want to we don't want to dissuade people from joining Atzala if they know that every single week if they leave their house they can't return home they're not going to want to go on calls so we, because we want to ensure people go out for calls we allowed the hutter sofo atutchilaso we allowed we gave a hetter a dispensation to return home so that we don't dissuade people in the future however if Shlomo Zaman Orbach and many of the post-Gemara Israel were not so keen on this from Moshe Feinstein. And they believed that this that we, concept of which is found in the Gemara and Beitza, does not apply on a level of the Oraisa. Now, Ramosha has two, two proofs it does apply. One comes from a, a diuk, an inference he makes in a tosvus, an ingenious inference he makes in a tosvus in Beitza. And the other one seemingly, seemingly is over here, where we allow people to return from the fighting the war, in or, and, and we don't say there's a problem with them carrying their weapons. However, Shlomo Zalman, who disagrees with Ramosha, disagrees with his read in Gemara and Beitza, his response is, no, one minute. Can you imagine what happens if you, take all, if you travel with all your weapons to go and, and subdue an enemy, and then you drop your weapons off and say, we've got to leave them here. No longer, uh, no, there's no longer a, a threat. We've subdued them. We're going to put our, enemy, our weapons here at the entrance to the city and then proceed to go back to the city without our weapons. He goes, can you think of a bigger case of Pekuach Nevesh than that? You're basically handing the enemy weapons and giving up all your own weapons. And therefore, because it's Pekuach Nefesh, that's the only reason why you're allowed to return. However, if it was a case where it wasn't Pekuach Nefesh, there was no concern whatsoever, then Rosh Hashanah would say, you're not allowed to bring your weapons back. And therefore, Rosh Hashanah emerges from his discussion arguing with Ramosha that on a level of, uh, when it comes to Doraisa, we don't allow people to, to be in violation of Doraisa to return home. Okay, a much longer discussion, but I wish you all a wonderful day.